20 square box. Blocks. Blocks. 20 square blocks. Okay, so here we are at the entrances, or one of the entrances to the Ballarat Botanical Gardens. Can you please tell me everything? <laughs> no. Oh, these are the Maori gates. Okay. Um, made in the 1800s. It's well signed as well. We've got the XPOW Memorial Walk. Now, there must be a memorial here somewhere. You know that you know the um. The big one down the end, don't you? No. Oh, really? Okay. I don't, oh, I don't know anything. There's so much to take. We're going to be here for hours. You know that, don't you? I don't. I don't <laughs> want to be here for hours. <laughs> well, we've got to go to the first. Gardens provide us with many food. things: okay. flowers, fruit, weeds, and at a certain point in our lives, free therapy. Kim Nolan, a member of the Friends of the Ballarat Botanical Gardens, spoke to me about what the garden means to her, and how, when we're at our most vulnerable. A beautiful garden can offer peace and tranquility to help us to heal. I grew up in Bendigo, but recently moved to Ballarat because I married a Ballarat man. When you say recently, oh, about three like a, three years ago. Three years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I've got two children. That didn't take long. <laughs> and three grandchildren. Right. <laughs> obviously, a previous marriage. Who? Who? Yeah. What are their names? Peter and Matthew. Okay. And my two sons. So you were born in Bendigo? I was born in Melbourne but moved there when I was about five and grew up going to school there and was dying to leave. So left at the end of year 12 and went to La Trobe Uni in Melbourne and studied maths and IT. So you, you worked in IT for years? Yeah, about four years. I was a computer programmer. Mm-hmm. So what sort of programming are you doing? It was on a really big computers back then so mainframe computers so COBOL. Right we were talking the 90s? No in the 80s. Okay in the yeah, 80s? 80s yeah. Did they have computers in the 80s? <laughs> they did <laughs> they did when I started using computers back in year 10 um, we were using the card system so yeah it was, it was pretty early days. What's the card system? You had to fill out a card for every command and, and you fed it through the card reader and um, yeah it was it was pretty basic programming back then. So you'd fill out a card like a like a punch card? Yeah, like a punch card. Yeah. Right, right. And so it had just... the colour in the little squares and the card reader could read that. But they had like tape drives back in the eighties and Yeah, yeah. Um, that developed after that and yeah, so by the time I was at uni it was more sophisticated. But um, I'd chosen IT because it was more of a, a good career choice, but not something I really loved. What did you do from there? Then I had my two boys and um, I lived overseas for a while with them in America and England and then came back and lived in Bendigo um, while they were growing up and decided to do some study in horticulture at Burnley and Melbourne and then I um, became a teacher. Okay, Um, there's a lot going on here. I know, sorry. Um, I did my grad dip and became a high school teacher then, teaching maths and special needs. Right, right. I want to go back a bit though first. <laughs> okay, sorry. No, it's all right. So, so when did you become interested in horticulture? Yeah, I think, um, well, eventually I um, was able to buy a house in Bendigo um, on some property and I developed a, a really lovely garden there and um, lots of flowers and trees and just things to give... Pleasure and peace, I guess. Right, yeah. right. Then I went to, um, 
I used to travel down once a week to Melbourne and study and gradually got my grad dip in horticulture. Um, but it was, it was very hard to get a job in that area. So I decided to do a grad dip in teaching and that's when I got a job as a high school teacher. How long did you do that for? About 10 years. Mm-hmm. You didn't continue with it though? Um, so, um, so, yeah, when I was teaching, I, um, I got, started to get really sick and I didn't know what it was and eventually it was diagnosed as chronic fatigue. When you said you got sick, was it like? Well, I got sick, I, I ran out of breath, I, I couldn't breathe, I was weak, had no energy, I couldn't walk upstairs. You couldn't walk upstairs? It, without puffing and huffing and I was just extremely tired and gradually my body started to just malfunction and deteriorate and I felt like I was 90 years old. Could you think clearly? No. No, everything started to, to, to go and, yeah, it sort of attacks different parts of your body. Right. And you had no idea you, you're losing energy. Yeah, it's a very hard thing to diagnose because there's no actual physical test you can do. It's more a process of elimination. But it was actually when I went to a heart specialist because my heart was thumping out of control and he had a daughter with chronic fatigue and he said, have you thought about chronic fatigue? And so that's what made me think, oh, okay. So um, that's when I started looking at that. And it's like, you know, when you are scared of something, so, say there's a lion and you really tense up, it's like being that, like that 24-7. So your body's, it's like it's gone into this other state and, and your brain's not functioning as it should, so it's... So it's actually changing your brain to be scared of everything. Yeah, yeah, you don't feel scared. I'm not okay. feeling scared, but your body's racing, I suppose. It's using up a lot of energy oh, because it's, it's putting... It's adrenaline. Yeah, it's, it's using a lot of adrenaline. Yeah. So that's, that's obviously extremely unhealthy. It's, it's terrible. It's, it's, it's extremely unhealthy. You can't sleep. Um, so this is weird. It's actually it's pumping you full of adrenaline, but yet you're completely exhausted. I'm not sure exactly how it works, but your adrenal glands aren't working properly, yes. Right. Um, yeah, you just... And everyone gets affected in different ways. So I was very sensitive to sound. I couldn't go to a cafe. I couldn't go to the shops because you don't realise how much noise is going on. But you're teaching during this. I had to stop teaching. Obviously, yeah, yeah. that would have been impossible. Yeah, I, I was trying to teach, but it was really difficult and gradually got worse. Does it? Did it hit you suddenly or did it just... It was suddenly like that. Wow. I was overloaded. I was trying to do too many things and my body just said that's enough, you know. And, right. Um, so it takes six months to diagnose and... Why, why does it take six months? Because I have to see what, what happens over six months in terms of your traits or what, what's going on in terms of um, there has to be I think there's at least there's about 10 criteria and you have to have at least four or so many of those for it to be diagnosed so it usually affects people's sleep so you can't sleep even though you're tired you can't sleep right that's the worst yeah it is it's it's it's, it's really terrible it's like your body's sort of almost dying and some people get to the point where they can't move they're so sensitive to anything they can't even they have to be fed through a tube because they can't eat. Oh, I never got that bad. I, I, I was still able to walk to the letterbox um, and I could still drive. 
So you can't walk because you're so tired. Yeah, and so weak. Your muscles. And weak. The thing is, your muscles become weak because you can't do anything. So all your muscles just start to deteriorate, and some people have it for all their life. Um, so your actual muscles are breaking down. Yeah. Well, if you don't use your muscles, they start to degenerate. Of course. Yeah. Mm. So it's the most. I can't tell you. It's the most terrible, terrible thing. I've, it's just. It's like you're dying when you're so young. And, and kids have this, you know. It's just... Um, I, it makes you realise how valuable life is and that, you know, when you've been through an illness and you get better, you just, every single second of the day, you appreciate. There's a way to treat this. No one knows the cure. Um, some people get better and some people don't. And you kind of have to find your own way through it. Right. And I guess you have to find there's often stressors causing this. Um, so you have to be able to eliminate stress. Was yours from stress? I had too much pressure on myself. Um, and I was working full time. I had children, single mother, long distance relationship marriage breakdown you know a lot, lot, lot of things gone on that I guess it, build, your body, it builds up in your body and um, it's doing too many things so for you you had weakness you had trouble sleeping when you say trouble sleeping it's, it's saying you it just couldn't it. sleep you just lie there the whole time but you don't go into a deep sleep so your body's not really recovering that's why your brain's not functioning yeah everything you start, I, I couldn't yeah. spell I couldn't spell words anymore I couldn't even sometimes say words I couldn't remember anything it was just, it, was, it really was like your body was breaking down. Also, you said you had sensitivity to light. To light and sound. So I had to wear sunglasses everywhere. Yeah. Inside? If it was a bright room, yes, definitely. Or I couldn't look at lights, you had to have dim lights. So it would have been hard to go shopping. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was really hard to go shopping. And I discovered later that Aldi are actually the best because they don't have, set, they don't have music playing and they have not much light in there. Low lights. Huh. Yeah, it's interesting. You don't think about that no. <laughs> till till it happens to you. Even pushing a trolley was I couldn't really do that. I could barely do that. And only if it was flat. Um So how did you get through that? Well, obviously I quit my work, so that was a big step. Um just trying to reduce any stress and but then what happens is you have financial stress. So it's so complicated. <laughs> I'm guessing you don't have this now. No, I'm 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 on the last part of it now. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Gradually getting better over time. You've defeated it. I did something called the lightning process, and that got me from a huge jump in my um, healing. Yeah, a huge jump went from you know not being able to do anything to all of a sudden being able to do so much more. During this time, were you still? Like gardening and so forth? No, I couldn't do that. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't sweep the floor. I couldn't... If you do, if I did something, I'd have to do... One day you might... Uh, you might do one little thing, like maybe sweep half the floor or, or quarter. <laughs> it sounds... Or maybe don't do it at all, actually. So it's not like when you get... A normal person gets sick, you know, maybe you can read a bit, you can watch a bit of TV. 
um, basically you just had to lie or sit there and just do nothing. You could look out the window and what you did though is you, you watched just simplicity I suppose. Um, you might watch a little leaf move as it blows in the wind. You'd notice a lot more detail, so a bird. Just how the different plants move. So some plants move a lot in the wind, others are just stay really still. Um, colour, you see a lot more colour and different sorts of greens. You notice everything because you might be staring at one place for an hour. And you wouldn't normally do that in a normal life. You wouldn't have time. So one thing chronic fatigue does give you is a lot of time. <laughs> yeah, but it's not something I wish on anyone. Apart from all the history of the gardens, I think the gardens are just still an amazing place to come and I think that's what, when I've been reading about these, the history of these gardens, it sort of got to me that people, you know, for hundreds of years or 150 years have been coming here just to enjoy them and it still gives people a lot of pleasure to yeah. come here. And it gives you a lot of pleasure too. Yeah, it does. I, I just, I think as soon as I come into the gardens, I feel my shoulders drop. Right. And I just really relax and yeah, I just just love it. I was able to just gradually start to do more things and I was able to walk to the gardens and I decided that um, I was going to try and learn the, a lot of the plant names because, because I'd lost a lot of memory and it had been a long time since I'd studied horticulture so that was just a way of walking along and, and really... Besides that though, just enjoying those beautiful trees and just that peace when, when you enter the Ballarat Botanical Gardens. So what did you find about the gardens that were so relaxing or healing? I think it's the really mature trees and um, it just being near a tree, green grass, the beautiful flowers. It just gives me such a sense of peace. Thanks to Kim Nolan. Music by Ryan Goodwin. Check out more of his other work at virtuallyryan.com. Additional writing by Anne Murison. Thanks to Ricky Cheno for his tireless editing work. Our logo was designed by Chris Frith. I'm Ben Plaza and this is 20 Square Blocks. <laughs>